0: episode because it's about the holiday season. Halloween is over, Thanksgiving is over, and now we're smack in the middle of the Christmas season. Of course, fall and Halloween are, you know, the time of the year that really rains for horror fans, but I have found that winter um, proves to be a pretty great season for horror. Um, There's a lot of Christmas and or, you know, snow and winter themed movies that are just really great. Some of my favorites actually. And also, if you're like me, like you can only handle so many like shopping sprees and like Hallmark movies with your family before you, you know you start to lose it. And so, I find that it's a good time to kind of retreat into something spooky during you know the sugar coated season. Uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm Christian, so Christmas has always been a really big deal in my family. But we also had santa claus and gingerbread men and the whole thing as most people do so you know you always see those reason for the season and people often that don't go to church the rest of the year will go at christmas the catholics have christmas mass it's a big deal christmas has been celebrated for a long time but christmas as we know it was not celebrated in the united states until the 1800s which is not really all that long ago Before Christianity, people were celebrating the season of the winter solstice in all kinds of ways. I went to history.com just to do a little digging on some of this. And um, one example is in Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule is a familiar word, from December 21st, the winter solstice through January, in recognition of the return of the sun, fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire. The people would feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. And so part of the reason why Christians placed Christmas in the wintertime was, You know, most scholars will tell you that Christ was not born in the wintertime, but they placed it at that time for several reasons. I think partially because Easter was already in the spring, but also because there were so many festivals that already happened around that time of year. Per usual, it was easier for the Christian community to place their celebrations at a time when the people were already used to celebrating. It made, you know, cultural acclimation a little easier. People had, you know, traditions of gathering around at this time of year because the winter solstice is the longest night of the year longest, darkest night of the year. And before we had all these modern technologies, you know, people, I mean, there were all kinds of dangers in the winter, you know, the weather, you had to watch out for your crops, you had to watch out for your animals, you had to watch out for disease. Like the winter was like a really scary time. People would band together. And when the winter solstice was over, you know, it's like, okay, the long winter is over. We're looking forward to shorter days warmer weather, a little bit safer environments. People had a cause to celebrate at this time of the year. And so the darkest days of the year come right before the biggest holiday of the year. These long cold nights have roots that go all the way back to the dawn of mankind. The dangerous days of the winter solstice are the perfect setting for gathering together, sharing stories, and of course, story time always holds dark tales. And as I mentioned, you know, winter horror is particularly brutal because it adds that extra element of danger. You've got to battle the elements, you've got to battle disease. I mean, if you if your car breaks down in the summertime, as long as Leatherface isn't after you, you're okay. If your car breaks down in the middle of a snowstorm, depending on where you are and how cold it is, you could be dead in a matter of hours. (laughs) Because of that, I think winter horror has always just held an extra level of brutality and severity. I want to dig into some of my favorite Christmas and winter films today and just have a little discussion about those. So there are a couple of Christmas films I want to mention. I mean, there are so many Christmas horror films. There might be as many Christmas horror films as there are Halloween films. Um, There's a lot of... Not so great ones, depending upon what your style is. I mean, if you like, you know, like cheesy and ridiculous, I think there's more for you. There aren't a lot of good, serious ones. I'll just briefly mention Krampus because the Krampus legend is one of my favorite like fringe you know, Christmas tales. I think a lot of people know about Krampus at this point, but if you don't, Krampus is like Santa's counterpart. He's this monster that kind of looks like the devil. And when Santa brings treats to good children, Krampus brings like coal and he brings uh, like switches, like bundles of sticks, and he will like punish children or like take them away in his bag. It's like, it's very scary stuff. But a couple of years ago, Michael Doherty, the same guy who did trick-or-treat, did Krampus, and it kind of has got mixed reviews, but I personally loved it. The first maybe half of it is actually really spooky. I saw it in the theater and like felt that it had great atmosphere. And um, you know, you have Krampus leaping on the rooftops, but you don't really see him, see him. And then the second half is like kind of wacky when all of his counterparts start to show up. So if you like something like Gremlins, I feel like Krampus is is good for you, and it's possibly. It's possibly a family Christmas movie. Not for small small children and I think there's some language in it, but for me it it hits that the right combo of serious and silly. I mean, there's a scene where there are like evil gingerbread men chasing after one of the family members and I remember thinking this is ridiculous. And then after about 2 seconds I was like, "No, I love this." <laughs> so, um, definitely do a little research on Krampus. It's a fun little read. And then, you know, watch Krampus. It's a good one. But I personally am not really a huge fan of of comedy and my horror. I respect that whole subgenre. I think there are some really cool ones, but personally, I tend to skew towards the serious stuff. And so I think the best Christmas horror movie ever made, and one of the best, eh, we'll call it slasher movies ever made, is Black Christmas. It came out in 73, I believe. It was directed by the same guy who directed A Christmas Story, if you can believe that. Bob Clark, I believe his name is. And you can kind of feel that same Christmas nostalgia in both films. But of course, A Christmas Story is cute and heartwarming and reminds you of your childhood. And Black Christmas is a full-on, fairly brutal slasher. Not brutal, and there's not a lot of gore or anything, but it just, there's a house of sorority girls. It's your typical classic, like Tudor-looking you know, sorority house on campus and they're getting obscene phone calls. And these obscene phone calls, like make me uncomfortable today in 2018. Um, so in the 70s, I'm sure they were hugely scandalous. It came before, you know, before Halloween, before Nightmare on Elm Street, before Friday the 13th. I mean, this was early, early. This was, you know, 10 years before those films. Well, 78 was Halloween, so five, but quite a few years before those films. And so it sets up kind of the red herrings. You're suspicious of a lot of people, there's a murder though, right off the bat. And then they don't, and I don't think this is spoilery, but they don't ever fully reveal who the killer is. And I really appreciate that. You know, I love that we're, we're left sort of figure that out on our own. And the ending to me is very chilling. It's one of the best, uh, well, I can't say one of the best horror endings. It's a very good horror ending because let's be honest, that's where a lot of horror movies fall apart, is in that end. Um, But Black Christmas has just a really great chilling ending, in my opinion. So seek that out. It was hard to find for a while and I think it's sort of gained in popularity lately. Oh, also beware, there's a remake. I've seen it. I don't remember it. So just make sure that you're watching the one from the 70s and not the one from, I think, like the late 2000s. Because if you watch that one and you're listening to my words, you might think I'm crazy because they're not matching up. (laughs) You know, I want to move on to just more winter themed films. Um, Because as I said, there's great Christmas stuff out there, but I think the whole season holds great things beyond just Christmas. And also I find that, you know, September rolls around and you start to anticipate Halloween. And then after Halloween, it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. And then it's the new year and all of the holidays are over and it's a little depressing. I'm always depressed on November 1st. And then December 26th can also be kind of a sad day. But January 2nd is probably the saddest day. You're back at work. All the holidays are over. You don't really have anything to look forward to. And so maybe you want to watch a serious downer of a movie because that's the mood you're in. And me personally, when I am in a bad mood or going through a hard time, I do not turn to fun, happy art. I like to watch something that like, you know, is in the mood that I'm in. It cheers me up. I don't know why, but it's the case. So... I find myself turning to these in the winter. And again, there are lots. I have a whole list of winter horror and Christmas horror actually on the blog. I'll post those for you guys so you can get the whole breadth of my thoughts on this. But I'm only gonna talk about two winter horror movies today. So the first one I wanna talk about is Misery. Based on the Stephen King novel, Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for it, directed by Rob Reiner, James Kahn's in it. Um, I think this movie was just destined to be great. I mean, I suppose they could have messed it up. You can mess anything up, but this movie is great. I recently read the book and the book is even more brutal, which if you've seen the movie, that's hard to believe, but it's true. So Misery in a Nutshell is about a writer. He always goes up to a particular cabin in the hills the mountains, to finish his books. On the way down the mountain from finishing his book, he has a bad car wreck in the snow. And this woman who lives up there, who is a nurse, digs him out of this car wreck and nurses him back to health. Plot twist, she's schizophrenic. So you have Annie Wilkes, is her name. Sometimes she's this super, super sweet, oh, also, Another important thing to know, she is this writer's number one fan. She has everything he's ever written. She loves his work. So you've got this obsessive personality also with, in the mind of a schizophrenic. So she nurses him back to health, but she's a crazy person. And so sometimes she's really sweet and sometimes she's really scary. Sometimes she's really violent. If he does anything to make her upset when she's in one of her downtimes, things get real dicey. Hmm? I know you've been out. What? You've been out of your room. Oh, no, I haven't. Paul, my little ceramic penguin in the study always faces due south. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Ceramic penguin... Is this what you're looking for? I know you've been out twice, Paul. First, I couldn't figure out how you did it. But last night, I found your key. I know I left my scrapbook out. I can imagine what you might be thinking of me. But you see, Paul, it's all okay. Last night, it came so clear. I realize you just need more time. Eventually, you'll come to accept the idea of being here. I feel like part of the reason why this movie is so great is because it it definitely plays off of the brutal elements of winter. He has the car wreck because it's winter time. Like, and he's in bad shape. He breaks both his legs. He's just in really bad shape. She lives out in a remote area in the winter, so she doesn't get a lot of visitors. Um, he can't call anybody to help him, like the phone's in the other room, you know. I also feel like the character of Annie Wilkes, like she's kind of a personification of winter. Whereas, you know, sometimes she's nice, sometimes she's cruel, sometimes she breaks your legs. <laughs> she she's represents that fickle, you know, character of nature in the winter season. I feel like most of you have probably seen Misery, but if you haven't, I won't spoil it for you. I'll let you seek it out. But also on the blog, I have uh, a review of both the movie and the book that you can listen to. Misery might be kind of a weird choice for the winter because I think a lot of people would choose The Shining instead because again, that, that movie is all about being isolated in a hotel in the winter. But I really feel like The Shining, the focus is more on the hotel. Whereas in Misery, I do feel like the season and the winter itself is is almost a character in that book. And the last thing I want to talk about, the last movie I want to talk about is one of my favorite horror movies in general, if not my favorite, it's hard to give anything that title, but it's John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing is just, it's unique and it's unparalleled. And when it came out, at the box office, it was not a success. Came out, it's came out the same year as E.T., which E.T. is an alien movie, and the thing is an alien movie. Totally different, but it did not do well. And now it's become a beloved classic in the horror genre and sci-fi. So in this thing, you know, you have a group of scientists out in this remote. Outpost, and I think it's Antarctica, but there's just nothing around for miles except snow. And they encounter this creature who you find out crash landed there who knows how long ago. That doesn't really matter. But they encounter this creature that can shape shift and look like anything. There is a huge level of paranoia. Um, is my coworker, my coworker, is my coworker a monster? You know, if we're alone together, is he going to assimilate me? Um, there's a lot to say about, you know, just like humankind and paranoia. I um, mean, you know, there's a lot of people have dug deep into the meaning of the thing. And so, you know, there's plenty out there for you to go to, to check out. But again, it goes back to that primitive fear and danger of the winter that people have always kind of been afraid of. And John Carpenter himself talks about, there are, you know, kind of two kinds of horror stories that you tell. You gather around the fire, he says, with the wise man, the shaman. And, you know, there's the danger of other, the other, other people, right, that can come in and attack you and present danger to you and he said but there's another kind of horror which is the horror is us the horror is me and you the horror is inside us and he said that that story is usually harder to tell and I think that in the thing that story is told kind of perfectly and they are afraid of each other the outside but ultimately it's about what if there's a, a monster that can get inside me coming from me and another thing I, I love about the thing is, again, it's got a great ending. We don't get a clear answer. And it is, I mean, it is so bleak. And we have two characters sitting outside in the snow together, again, gathering together. They're sharing a drink. We're just waiting to see what's going to happen next. And we don't get to see what that is. the only one. Did you kill it? Where were you, Charles? Thought I saw Blair. I went out after him. I got lost in the storm. <laughs> but... got the temperature up all over the camp won't last long though Neither will we how will we make it maybe we should if you're worried about me if we've got any surprises for each other I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. So with these winter tales, we've come full circle. You know, these days we have cell phones, we have heat, we have more defense against the elements and ultimately we're more connected. While we may not share the same immediate threats as earlier humankind, these films basically serve the same purpose as those early gatherings in the dark winter. They remind us that there are dangers out there, but that we can band together and hope for better days. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to give you guys a little update on what's coming next. In January, I'll be doing an episode about the Wendigo In film which I have been trying to do for a long time and I am super excited about it so the wintry theme is going to kind of continue in January and then in February I'm going to have a guest on and we will be talking about women in horror for women in horror month and I really can't wait for that one so anyway I hope that you will all find some time this holiday season to snuggle up under a warm blanket and unplug from the world and uh, watch something spooky. Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.